Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Maybe things that are going on or, or something that you might need to be clued in on uh, concerning that because I won't remember it all when I get right here. All right? Amen. So just remember that as well. Hallelujah. Stand with me this morning. We'll turn to the book of Romans, chapter number 8. And just going to pluck one verse of Scripture here. And we are trying to get back on the path of our Mythbusters series this morning. And our, our phrase under consideration today is everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. I'd like to read Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 28 this morning. The Bible states these words, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Again, we are considering the phrase, everything happens for a reason. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord right now. Ask him to help us. Father, I pray, Lord, you'd open each and every heart, each and every mind in this place. God, help me, Lord, adequate words today. God, to be spot on with your word. God, as we would share this this morning, God, concerning this subject matter. Lord, as we consider this, look into this. I pray, oh, Lord, help us, God, to place our feet, God, in a figurative way underneath your table, Lord Jesus, and eat, Lord, the word of the Lord this morning. Our lives would be enriched, helped, Lord, benefited by this. God, and We'll give the praise and the glory for in the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen. Everyone say amen. amen. You may be seated this morning. If you're here this morning, uh, there's a possibility I won't get done today. And if I don't, I'll probably just continue on tonight. Gotcha. So that means you come back tonight in order to hear it because if you're waiting for next Sunday, you'll miss it. All right. Amen. Everything happens for a reason. The Apostle Paul, writing here in the book of Romans, if we can just get a little, a little setting here, he's writing to the church at Rome here. These people then being the church at Rome, they are people who were believers. And he told them various things in this, this particular chapter. He, along the way, he told them that if they were led by the Spirit of God, that they are the sons of God. And then based upon that then, if they are then the sons of God or the children of God, then they are heirs of God or joint heirs with Christ Jesus. But here is the condition. He says, if ye suffer with him. He says, you're sons of God, you're children of God, joint heirs with Christ, if ye suffer with him. 1 Peter 4 and 12, Peter speaks and says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Peter says, don't think it's just outside of the norm when you find yourself in the pressure cooker, uh, when you find yourself in a fiery trial, because if you are a partaker with Christ, a joint heir with Christ, a son of God, then the deduction is this. It isn't strange to have hardships, and might I say, hardships sometime without explanation. Uh-huh. Hardship sometime without explanation when you have partnered yourself with Christ. Amen. Because in doing so, when, you have, when you've subjected, subjected yourself to his suffering, amen, here is the blessed part of the scripture, verse number 13. Somewhere along the way, you're going to benefit from his glory as well. Amen. When you're partnered with him, we say, man, we, we got things coming upon us. We don't even know where they're coming from. We got hardships and problems. There's no feasible explanation why this has happened. 
Some of it's just because you've partnered with Christ. But don't, don't, don't go in a cave somewhere and live your life as a hermit because all the turmoil finds you in the cave too. Uh, just rest assured that if you're a partner with him, you'll partake in his sufferings. But if you hang on, you endure somewhere along the line, you'll benefit from his glory as well. Amen. On multiple occasions, Jesus told his disciples, he told them that the servant was not greater than his Lord. Got a lot of scripture today. John 15 and verse 20, the Bible says, remember the word, Jesus says, speaking to his disciples, remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will, persecute also, they, will per, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. So if the master suffered, he says you're going to suffer. And he says, so basically what we understand through this, considering the idea everything happens for a reason, the reason for some things that happen to us is our association and our allegiance to the Lord. There are some simple things in this Christian life that's going to happen to you just because you have partnered with Him. You have partnered with Him. Amen. And so if they hate you, don't be alarmed. Understand very well. It's because they hated Him first. John 15, 18, he said, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. So again, the reason for some of the happenings in this life is our association with him. Here's the big one. Our life with Christ does not eliminate our trouble. Someone's out there saying greater amen than some because they said life since I've come to the Lord seems like nothing but trouble amen it doesn't exempt us from heartache sorrow pain agony amen as a matter of fact sometimes it seems like just the opposite happens seems like whenever we partnered with christ we signed up i don't know where the list was but we signed up for pain we signed up for suffering we signed up for things just not going our way David understood this. He even told us in the Psalms, of Psalms 34, 19. He said, many, everybody say many. Many, many are the afflictions. Wouldn't it have been great if he just said, many are the blessings, but he didn't. He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. So if I'm in the classification of the righteous, of the living right, those that have been justified by God's Spirit, I don't need to search for any other reason for the numerous afflictions that come upon my life, amen, because I'm part of the righteous. I'm part of those that have been justified by God's Spirit. And David tells me, just because of that, many are my afflictions. My afflictions aren't going to be many. But thank God he didn't stop. He said, but the Lord, the Lord, the Lord will deliver him out of them all. I've said it before. It bears repeating. Christ did not say that he will deliver you from, huh, from them all, meaning you'll never go there. You'll never have that heartache. You'll never have that affliction. You'll never have that pain. You'll, no, no, no. It's not that he'll deliver you from them all, but he will deliver you out of them all. Now here's another hard thing as, as Christians and humanity sometimes to deal with. The hard reality is this. Death may be that deliverance. The reality. Death may be that deliverance. Paul said when he was writing to the church of Philippians, in Philippians 1.21, he said, for to me, Paul, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Now, Paul is penning these words, writing this letter to the church at Philippi, when his circumstances of life were not rose-colored. His circumstances of life were not exactly ideal at this point in time. He was a prisoner, a prisoner that was in house arrest in Rome, chained to a Roman soldier and a Roman guard. But he pins these words. For to me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. 
Paul did not have the most favorable circumstances. As a matter of fact, we read in the book of Galatians where at one time he asked God not once, not twice, but three times to remove this thorn in his flesh. It was a, a figurative thorn. He had some type, of, some type of defect in his life, in his body, that he wished was not there. He asked the Lord not once, but three times. God, take this away. God, take this away. Now, we, according to the Scripture, were never clued in to why this was the case. We, we are never given a reason why this thorn, whatever defect, whatever it was, was a part of, of Paul's life. It's never told us that that was there because of this. All right, except that it said, except you be exalted above measure, but we don't have no other information beyond that. And I'm not certain that Paul ever really knew, you know, the real, real reason why that was a part of his life. Amen. But life for the Apostle Paul wasn't about having a reason, it was about a relationship. Paul wasn't about having a reason, it was about a relationship. And so he says, for to me, a to live is Christ, but to die is gain. What are you saying, Paul? He said, I'm saying this, dying can be gain for me because living has been Christ for me. Amen. Amen. Living has been Christ for me, so dying can be gained to me. And so Paul, he, he's delivered out of prison. He's delivered out of lifelong struggle with some undefined thorn that's in his flesh. When? The moment he died. The moment he died. And so another reason why some of our happenings happen to us is because where we are presently located. You're saying because we're in the church? No, I'm saying this world. The reason why some of these things happen to us is because where we're presently located. John 16, Jesus says, These things I have spoken unto you, that you might have peace, that you might have peace. In me you might have peace. In the world ye shall, or I say shall, have tribulation or testing or trial. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So here, you want to know maybe some of the reasons for what you go through and what you do just check to where you're at. If you're in the world, I got a little promise here for you. It might not be the best one you ever wanted to hear, but you shall have tribulation if you are in the world. And yet Christ also says, in Christ, in me, ye might have peace. Well, what does that mean then, Pastor McGee? Does that mean those of us that are in the world, but also in Christ, will have peace and no trouble in the world? No, but it means that you can be afforded all the trouble and the hardships that the world can provide you and still have peace in God because his peace the world didn't give. He said the peace I give you is not as the world giveth and since they did not give it to you to begin with, you can still have peace among a world with hardship, sorrow, pain, agony, fear, disgust. You can still have peace and still be troubled. So, some of the reasons, it's because we partnered with him. Another reason, it's because of where y'all live in. We live in this world. Another reason for some of our suffering may be due, because perhaps we have went astray. Psalms 119 and verse 67, the psalmist David says, he says, before, everybody say before. He says, before I was afflicted, he said, I went astray. But now have I kept thy word. He said, before, everybody say before. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. The word astray there means I erred or I committed sin. Before I was afflicted, I erred. Before I was afflicted, I committed sin. In other words, if I can just rearrange just the, 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 the words of the sentence here, maybe for further clarity, David was saying, I went astray, I committed sin, I erred, and then I was afflicted. And so there's two levels of understanding that we might be granted from the scripture this morning. And that is this. The affliction may very well be a consequence or the result of the error. Or a consequence or the result of the sin. Or, or it could be, the affliction that is, could be a means that the Lord is using to prompt us back on the right track. Being that the common response, not always, 
But a response of humanity when problems come, you've heard me, they either go away from God or they come to God. And so sometimes that, 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 that affliction might be used as a tool of prompting to get us back on the right track. And I believe that's the way it was for David because David says all that, but he says, but now have I kept thy word. Now I have kept thy word. And there's a possibility that it may act as both at the same time. It may be a consequence of your sin, but whenever it comes, you realize that and it prompts you back on the straight and narrow of where you may be. So some of the things that happen to us in our life is our partnership with God. Some of the things that happen in our life is because we live in this world. Some of the things that happen in our life is because of human error. Huh? Human error. Now, here's the big thing, folks. Sometimes you're sitting down and figuring out why what's happening right now, which one is it? That's important. Inventory is important because some people just fall in the category, well, all of this is happening because I live in the world. When in reality, some of it that might be happening right now is because we got human air involved. Uh-huh. Or someone, well, this has happened because I partnered with Christ, and some of it might be human. See, we, we, we'd much rather it be a reason that doesn't include us as part of the reason. Amen? And at times, at times I believe we interpret this phrase, everything happens for a reason, as it being some mystical, overarching reason in the cosmos. But some things happen because of simple cause and effect happenings to the human choices and decisions that we make. For instance, several years ago now, during our tenure in Florida, while we was down there on the one-ton truck that we had, the alternator went out on the truck while we was down there. And there wasn't anything remotely close in Hatch Bend, Florida, where you could get another alternator unless you go steal it off somebody else's truck. Okay? And so the pastor and his wife at that time was out of town. So Don and I and Mariah, just a little bit over a year old, uh, jumped in uh, another vehicle there that was on the church property that we happened to have keys to, went to a neighboring city to buy another alternator. And things are at distance where we were in Florida. So we, we had to travel a little lengthy distance in order to get there, and we used that other vehicle. And so we got it. We came back that same distance. I'd never changed an alternator myself. I'd watched my dad do it more times than I could count on both my hands. I even remember calling him just for some basic guidance. And so everything was going very well. I had everything back up in there. Everything was going very well until it came time to place that positive terminal back on that, 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 that oh, I think it was, it wasn't an alternator, it was a starter, back on the starter. And whenever I did that, whenever I put that in there, and put that back on there. I am saying right, right? Or is it the alternate? I can't remember. Is it the starter or is it on the starter? And whenever, I, that goes to show you that I didn't do it very often. And whenever I started to do that, man, Mr. Overtighten here, man, was tightening that nut down, tightening that nut down until I broke the brass boat off of that new. And I'm thinking, I just paid money for this. There's nobody else around here. So you know what we did? We got back in that vehicle. We drove back to that town that was a lengthy distance away. I'm thinking in my mind, I'm a little frustrated. I'm a little upset. I think I'm going to be out of pocket for another part. I go in there because, and you know, and I talk to them. And after that lengthy trip, they were just so kind. I don't know if it's Southern Hospitality or what. They were so kind. Happily gave me another part to replace the one at no extra cost. Just give it right to me. I drove the distance back home. I said all of that to say this. I wish I could tell you that whenever we went back to that parts store, there was, some, there was somebody there in that parts store that was interested in Hatchbin Apostolic Church, and I was able to witness to them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I wish I could tell you that whenever I was traveling back home to Hatchbin, in between those two towns was a saint stranded, and I was able to stop along the road and help them. I wish I could tell you that whenever I went back there to that truck coiled underneath the truck on the ground was a snake amen that was sitting there that I just avoided but the reality of the fact is none of that stuff happened the reality of fact is this do you know why what the reason was for that 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 boat being twisted off of that part it was simply my error there's really many reasons in life that are simple human reasons 
See, we can find ourselves in betwixt and between sometimes and get frustrated when we can't find a reason for why something happens. Sometimes it's just a human reason. Amen. Every, every physical illness, listen to me, I say this, I say this with not minimizing anyone's pain, but every physical illness isn't, isn't a result of sin, but some are. Well, I didn't mean to just go and blow up already, but, but we cannot constantly abuse our lungs per se by smoking and then be surprised when we're diagnosed with a black lung or lung cancer. We can't, we can't constantly live our lives and abuse our liver with, with drinking and binge drinking and then not understand why we have cirrhosis of the liver. Why, why this happened? Well, some, some things are attached to human reason, human error human problems Paul went on speaking to the Romans he went on speaking to the Roman believers and he spoke about and it's all context right there in in chapter number eight he spoke about the suffering of this present time he told them about how all creation all creation was being put under vanity or in subjection to vanity and that all of creation was groaning all creation was travailing And when he said all creation, that wasn't like everybody else. He even threw us in there. He said even those that have the Holy Spirit, even those that have the first fruits of his spirit, us, even those that have the first fruit of his spirit, the Holy Ghost, we are even growing, groaning. We are even travailing. We we even are suffering during this present time. Romans 8 and verse 20 is the verse that he states some of these things. He says, for the creature was made, and that includes us, for the creature was made subject or put under to vanity. Not willingly, didn't want to, but he was put subject to vanity. Look now, but, everybody say, by reason. But by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. He says, Paul says, all of creation has put subjected to vanity. They didn't want to. They've been subjected to some of this, this wickedness, this evil, this heartache, not willingly, but by, here's the reason, but by reason of him, him who, God. Here it is. Paul was saying, the reason for this did not come to conclude to be a What? It came to conclude to be a who. Uh Uh-huh. He says, and God is subjecting all creation to this vanity. But on one hand, while he subjected them to vanity, he is also subjecting them to hope. How in the world? I'll tell you how. Because hope shines the brightest in a darkened room. He said, if hope hope is seen is not hope, why would you hope if it's something that... So he makes the circumstances just enough dark just enough not where they need to be so that it genders hope. Uh-huh. Inside of the... If, we, if, if, there, if there was no hell, if there was no hell, if there were none of this calamity to come, what would be the hope of needing even salvation? Uh-huh. He says, but I subject them to vanity because in the same time that subjected them to hope. Because people look for hope whenever things are not as they should be. People are not hopeful whenever things fine. Why would you be hopeful? What do you got to be hopeful about? It's whenever the dark days come. It's whenever the clouds roll in the sky that you're searching for hope. He says, I subject them to vanity. I subject them to hope. So our interpretation many times of the phrase, everything happens for a reason, can be flawed if the only thing that we're looking for is a what rather than a who. You hear me? Because whenever we accept everything ends and begins with God, that's enough. But if we're chasing a what, if our concept of everything happens for a reason, the reason is a what, if that's what we're chasing, that mentality can start to gender some frustration in our life. Because everything happens for a reason is a great phrase. It's wonderful. When hindsight provides a very clear 2020 vision picture about what the reason or what the purpose was for of why something catastrophic happened to our lives. And it's us as humanity. Everybody say us. It's us as humanity to search for the reason. That's who we are. We search for the reason why something happened to us. I don't know too many of us search for a reason why something good happened to us, but we're more prone to search for a reason why something bad happened to us. 
I've heard it. I've said it. I don't know why this is happening. Huh? We're searching. It's humanity. We're searching for a reason of why. I, I read in the New York Times a little article. It said in a study that was published in a journal called Cognition, they asked people to reflect on some significant events in their lives. Uh, for instance, uh, when they fell in love or the deaths of some loved ones or perhaps some type of serious illness. And both religious believers and atheists said they thought the events happened for a reason. One of them, of course, believed in a divine design, while the other believed just in fate. Then there were some other studies that showed children, children, young children, even have a bias to believe that life events happen for a reason. They said that neither the atheists nor the children that lived in less religious homes or less religious cultures proved any different. Whether there was less of an influence of religion upon their lives, they still believed that all this still happened for a reason. And so they concluded this, that the tendency to see meaning in life events is just a part of our human nature. We like to reason and we like to make sense out of the situations that come up on our life. I don't know if anybody would agree with that, but I do. That seems to be the thing. As a matter of fact, the best gossip is if there is such a thing. The best gossip among our kind is people taking the story, a decision, par partial information, and trying to reason and make sense out of it by adding their theories. Uh-huh. We, like we like to make understanding. Now, again, like I said, I believe we're much more eager to try to find a reason for something bad that happened than something good that happened. Amen? Why? Because whenever something good happens, and I'm just speaking as a human being, when something good happens, we're under the impression that that's the way that life is supposed to be. Uh-huh. That's what we deserve. That's normal. Right? But when bad happens, we automatically classify that's a crisis. Right? That's a crisis. And what, what's, what, what makes us feel better? If we can find a positive reason to justify the assumed unfairness of the negative that just happened, right? Because if I can find something, a, a positive reason why this bad happened, I can feel better about the bad. Okay, nobody's even, nobody's even walking the road with me here today. I know, you, that don't happen to you, it just happens to me. We can be more at peace with the negative if we can find a reason to validate the bad to validate the bad that has happened in our lives. And here's the big kicker. Whether that per se good reason is really the reason or not. If we can just somehow draw a line from the good reason to the bad product, we feel better even if that was not the reason. But if we can somehow make a connection. Another for instance, I'll pull from my own life since I can't pull from yours. Again, the traveling days, the great days. Constantly traveling days. Then and now, I hate to get stuck in traffic during a busy time of day, particularly through large cities. I hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. I mean, I can go five miles an hour, I'm fine, but if it becomes a parking lot, I'm not pleasant to be around. Whenever the parkway becomes a place to park, I'm not pleasant to be around. I start getting fidgety, I don't like it. My wife would probably tell you she could care less if she was around at that moment because I'm unpleasant. I do not care for it very much. And so we, we had that episode happen more than one time. And later, after the traffic would begin moving, we'd get on down uh, the interstate. We might come across an accident down the interstate. And my wife would look at me and she'd say, See there? That is probably why you were stuck in that traffic. We could have been involved in that accident. Now listen. Now whether that was true or not, I don't know. Did I feel better about it though since she made the connection? Sure did. Because she drew a line. She drew a line with a good reason to a bad effect that I was experiencing back in the city. And so whether it was the reason or not, I felt better about it. Amen? And please, don't misunderstand me this morning. I'm, I'm for sure not denying the fact that God can work like that and can help us, amen, and protect us during times like that. I'm just saying this, that every time I've been stuck in traffic hasn't, hasn't always had a God-defining reason later to why, or at least I didn't know why. You understand what I'm saying? Here's the problem. The moment we are unable to find a reason is the moment we are frustrated 
sometimes even get embittered. And you know where we place the embitterness? We place it upon God for allowing such a thing to happen to us without a good, justifiable reason. This is us. By and large, whether we admit it or not, we feel like God owes us an explanation for every happening and move that he make in or not make in our life. We demand, God, you owe me an explanation. That's the reason why we go to him and ask why. And there's nothing wrong with asking why, but we got to come to terms that he may never answer. Why, why, why? He, and, and sometimes this is the thing. If God doesn't give me a reason, then what type of God is he anyway? Huh? If he doesn't give me a reason, what type of God is he anyway? Then wouldn't give a good justifiable reason for the negativity that's going on in my life right now. And the enemy comes in and he starts spreading his words. Yeah, he's forgot you. He's left you alone. You're island by yourself. All this stuff that happened. What kind of God is this anyway? Well, I want to share just a, a list here of scriptures describing the type of God that he is, if you will. Proverbs 20 and verse 24, the Bible states these words. Man's goings or his steps are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? Isaiah 45 and 7, God says, I form the light and create darkness. Notice the second phrase. I make peace, he says, and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Proverbs 25 and 2, not knowing why, it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of the king is to search out a matter. Psalms 45, 15, verily, Isaiah rather 45, 15, verily thou art a God that hidest thyself. O God of Israel, the Savior. I've shared this with people that's been in those moments of time that came to me, Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of his law. But the secret things, those things that are unknown, they're God's. And they may just remain just that, unknown. Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 5, Solomon says, As thou knowest not what is in is the way of the spirit nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all Isaiah 55 this, this is the type of God Isaiah 55 and 8 for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways saith the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts then, your thoughts. That's the type of God. Romans 11 and verse 33. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. You don't give me a good reason. What type of God is he anyway? Well, number one, he's God. No one counsels him, and he doesn't have to answer to anybody. He has all power. He's sovereign, which means he don't have to answer to his creation if he don't want to. But here's the thing, folks. If, if we squander our lives searching for human reasons sometimes, human reasons behind divine plans, uh -huh, we'll live very frustrated lives. Because the backslidden Solomon there in Ecclesiastes, he went on a journey throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, a backslidden Solomon, a life under the sun, without God in his life. You know what he concluded? Without the God factor, he concluded some things as just vanity. There's some things that happen in life, it's just meaningless. That's the way it is without God. That's probably a proper estimate, without God. But whenever you put God in the picture, God has the ability of giving meaning and purpose, amen, to things even when we're not aware of them or know the why. Job 2 and verse 7, the Bible says, So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. 
And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself with all. And he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thy integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Here's Job's answer. Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. So Job says, we, if, we, if we're willing to receive good at the hand of God, we're saying that he can't give us evil as well. It can happen. But here's the thing. I don't believe that Job's wife was much different than any of us today. I don't think Job's wife was much... I know we, we slap her and say, yeah, foolish woman. Blah, 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 blah. But I don't think she was much different than any one of us that are sitting out here today. I don't think she was some type of God hater that had no regard for a creator. I don't believe that was her. I believe she was simply involved in a situation with her family and specifically her husband where she could not make sense out of what was happening. And there was no apparent reason around her where she could draw the line, Sister Craig, and say this is the reason or that is the reason. What she had was a knee-jerk reaction, a knee-jerk reaction, as we do, that when everything is out of control and I can't draw a direct line to why, then I assault God. Because He's supposed to have all power. Because He's supposed to have all authority. And He's supposed to be in control. Well, even in those moments, he still has all power. He still has all authority. And he's still in control. It's like the three Hebrew boys. I know my God is able to deliver. But if not. Just finished up reading a book here recently by Paul David Tripp called Dangerous Calling, confronting the unique challenges of a pastoral ministry. And this was a quote from there. He says, you see, if you have come to doubt the goodness of God in your moment of need, you won't run to him because you tend not to run for help to someone you have come to doubt. See, everything Job went through, we must understand, didn't just affect Job. It affected his wife as well. That wasn't just his children. That was their children that they lost. That was... Their means of living concerning the livestock and the animals that were, that was theirs, not just Job's, but hers as well. Amen. And I, I, I believe that probably when those were starting to be lost and children were lost, you know what I believe? I believe she started to doubt her God. She began to doubt her creator. And now that her husband is, is polluted with boils from the top of his head to the sole of his feet, she's not running to God. Why? She's already doubting these upper episodes concerning to God. And so she attacks God on the other hand. It's very much so a ploy of the enemy. If he can make us doubt our creator, he knows that we'll run elsewhere when problems enter that rather than to him, we'll run from him. And so... On one hand, everything happens for a reason. That phrase, man, it can provide comfort in one scenario. But it also can inflame bitterness in our hearts. Anger, when we can't find a definable reason that's closely related to our dilemma that's going on in our life. Now that same book, it was quoted. It says, if we rest in God's care only when we understand just what he's doing, there will be many times and places where we won't rest in his care. Meaning this, in other words, there will be times we won't understand what God's doing. And for that matter, there will be times when we'll personally not have discerned a reason or a purpose for a situation. And so if we can't, if we only trust God when we understand, then we'll likely not trust him when we don't understand. Bible says in Genesis 42 and verse 28, the Bible says in he, it's speaking of one of Joseph's brothers. It doesn't specify just one, but just one of Joseph's brothers. And he said unto his brethren, he said, my money is restored. Lo, it's even in my sack. And their heart failed them and they were afraid, saying one to another, look at this question, what is this that God hath done to us? I want you to look at the first three words of that question. What is this? What is that? I'll tell you what that is. That's, some, that's someone that does not understand why something is happening to them. What is this? 
I've said it before. What is all this? And that's, that's nothing but a declaration. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand why there's money in my sack and it's also filled with corn. Whoever filled these with, with, with corn should have taken the payment. This doesn't make sense. Now, on the surface, that might seem like a blessing to have the money and the corn. Amen. They're thinking maybe it could have been an oversight. But they knew this, that it would appear wrong to Egypt. It would appear as though they cheated Egypt. And they were already being held as suspects, as spies, amen, to Egypt. So this isn't going to look good. This is not a blessing. This is something very negative, And I don't understand why this is happening and why this is going on. And notice what happens. It's just the progress that happens. Notice what happens. First, it starts, what is this? A lack of understanding. And then when there's no reason, it turns to displeasure with God. What is this that God hath done to us? Now in the scripture, the tangible, the tangible touch person that you could feel the corporate behind the situation was Joseph, their brother. The Bible says, Genesis 42 and verse 25, then Joseph commanded to fill their sacks with corn and to restore every man's money into his sack and to give them provision for the way. And thus did he unto them. The tangible person was Joseph is the one that had done this to them. But they went through that place. I don't understand why. And so we'll turn it. God, what have you done? Tremendous book, if you have a lot of these imponderables of life, tremendous book. It's by Dr. James Dobson, When Life, When God Doesn't Make Sense. He says, the greatest frustration is knowing that he, God, created the entire universe by simply speaking it into existence. He has all power and all understanding. He could rescue, he could heal, he could save, but why don't he do it? Satan then drops by for a little visit and whispers, he's not there. You are alone. And so when we are left without reason, we conclude God must not be in the middle of all of my mess right now because if he was, this would not be happening. And so at that moment, we join the voices of Mary and Martha that say, Lord... Whenever Jesus got there four days late after Lazarus' death, Lord, if you had been here, that was their words, if you had been there, our brother would not have died. Their understanding was this. All of this happened because he wasn't here. And none of this would have happened if he had been here. And that's what even our enemy wants us to talk. All this is happening right now because God is not here. What type of God is that? I'm supposed to be his child and he's not even here when I need him the most. But you know God can be there and you cannot even perceive he's there. Two boys from Emmaus are walking. Two boys are walking to Emmaus after the crucifix of Jesus. They're not understanding why this crucifix, their Savior, their teacher, their master has been killed and crucified to a cross. They're talking among themselves about all this. There comes one, a third person in the group, begins asking, what's the problem? Well, don't you know everything that's happened to our Savior? Don't you? This is a mess. This is a bunch of turmoil. And they didn't know the one who was talking to them was Christ. They could have said at that moment in time, man, all this has happened because God's not around. This mess happened because God's... But he was just as close as he'd ever been. Talking to them in that moment, they understood and finally recognized he was there. So just because you don't perceive that he's there does not mean he isn't there. Amen. If he'd been here, it wouldn't be like this. Ironically today... Ironically today, here's some verses to ponder considering that. Proverbs 20 and verse 12, and listen to what it says. It says the hearing ear, so it has function, the ear that is hearing, the hearing ear, the seeing eye, functioning eye. The Lord hath made even both of them. And I know this, our human reasoning can't grab this, grab this because in Exodus 4, 11, Moses has been speaking to God, making excuses why he can't be the deliverer because I'm not of eloquent speech, so on and so forth. The Lord speaks to him in Exodus 4, 11. The Lord said unto him, now this, is, this goes against our human understanding. He says, who hath made man's mouth? Who, look, God's, he's saying, who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? That goes against our human understanding. And I'm not minimizing anybody's pain today, but that goes against our human understanding. Why would I be born with a deaf child? Why, or why would my child go blind? Or why would this happen or that? 
I can't give you the what. I got to lean on my relationship of the who and trust. There was a family that for years uh, was, was trying to have a child. They could not have a child. They went to fertility clinics and so on and so forth to try to have a child. It was, seemed to be just a closed door, a closed road for them until finally, like the miraculous happened, a baby was born. They conceived and they were able to have a child. Three years after that child was born, was diagnosed with cancer. I believe it was leukemia. A long struggle of several months, that child died. Now you ask me, what is the reason behind all of that? Why would God give something and then just in a matter of time take it back away when they wanted it so much? I don't know the reason. You know what? I'll never know the reason. God's God, and I just lean upon His sovereignness and trust that He knows best. Even when His thoughts are higher, His thoughts are higher bigger they're larger amen and so god whether he's discernibly present or, or, or absent and whether or not i understand it ephesians tell me that he worketh all things after the counsel of his own will not mine his own will so here's the thing folks if everything happens for a reason we must accept that there are times that reason may not be discernible to us or shared with us. There are times that that reason will not make sense to us. There are times that reason will not seem to fit or be humanly perceived as good enough for the outcome. Amen? Y'all doing all right? We got time. I'm going over time. I can get this done. I feel confident. Someone's getting nervous right about now. Concerning... Romans 8, 28, John Plavilet said, this isn't concerning that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. He said, this isn't a heavenly insurance policy paid with faith and exempting us from anything unpleasant. We've already discovered that today. But the promise that if we choose to respond to all things from a place of loving God, that we, not necessarily our circumstances, will be better for it. We, not necessarily our circumstance. Paul didn't say all good things work together for good. Paul said all things, whether they're good things or whether they're bad things, work together for good, but to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. When speaking to the churches at Thessalonica and they were experiencing a lot of trouble, a lot of hardship, Paul said this to them, and I speak this from the Living Bible, 1 Thessalonians 1.5. He says, this is only one example of the fair, just way God does things. Look what he said. You want to consider another reason. For he is using your sufferings to make you ready for his kingdom. And I'm closing this morning with this, if you'll stand with me. So the question then that we've been considering today, does everything happen for a reason? As human beings, it's a part of our psyche to attempt to make sense of everything, make sense of all things. And yet the breakdown happens whenever we don't understand the reason or we can't draw a direct line as to why something took place. And at that point, our attitude sometimes can be, well, it just happened or we assault God, right? But whenever we mix God into the equation, we're often dealt the same results. We may not know. We may not know. Yet we can trust that he has a purpose and a plan even if I don't realize what that purpose or that plan may be. And that, here's the hard part, and he's under no obligation to me as a sovereign God to clue me into the why. Now many would argue, outside maybe of this room, maybe some inside, that's okay, that we're stupid. To believe that God would have a reason or give a reason to the horrid, unthinkable events that interrupt our lives. And folks, listen to me. We could weary ourselves all day and spend the rest of the day here and skip lunch and weary ourselves all day with those imponderable things of life. Why? I wonder what the purpose. Why? We could sit here all day and, and give reason and talk about why God gave that couple that couldn't have a child. The child then took it away by cancer. We could sit here and bounce that ball like a tennis ball across the court all day long. Listen to me. 
But trusting God does not mean minimizing the pain of your situation. It means you can maximize your dependence on somebody outside of yourself. I hope that makes sense. Trusting God doesn't mean you're minimizing what you went through or where you're at or what you're experiencing. It means you're maximizing your support group by depending upon Him. And so we learn from the very beginning, believers, non-believers, atheists, children, doesn't matter if they were among religious cultures and homes or not, they're looking for a meaning to life. They're looking for a reason. And here's the thing. Some are on a journey looking for a what? A reason. When in reality, they need to find the who? The Lord Jesus Christ. I end with this scripture, 1 Corinthians 2.14. The Bible says, but the natural man, everybody say the natural. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Here is, my, here is my verdict today. Everything happened for a reason. I want to go two venues here. Everything happens for a reason. Is it true? Is it false? What is it? Per the natural man, per the natural man, that's looking as the reason as a what, looking at the reason for a, a, a what, he can look and search sometimes, and he says, no, it's not. Everything don't happen for a reason. It don't happen for a purpose. It's busted. It's not. Looking for the reason. Because sometimes he don't have that, see. But the spiritual man, when the reason's not a what, but a who. God. Then we say, yep. I don't have no word exactly what this is, but I have a who, God. It's, it's, it'll be all right. We're going to be able to go on. It's going to be okay. I believe it's confirmed. So I believe, I believe the validity or the, 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 the trueness or the falseness of this is viewed upon whether you're having the perspective of a natural man or the perspective of a God man. Amen. Again this morning, that's not to minimize any of our pain. And that's not to misapply that some of what happens because we're partnered with him. Some of what happens because where we're living. Some of what happens is because human intervention. But I know whatever does happen, the same one that started the stars to sparkle in the sky and keeps the very planets in orbit as they are, that it's not going to be over till he says it's over. And whenever it is, it'll be right. Whenever it is, it'll be right. It won't be missed time Though Mary and Martha said, you're four days late, natural man, God's point of view, I'm right on time. Hallelujah. Can we just bow our heads all across this building? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.